0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. We want to welcome you back to the program this week again, and uh, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule. Today, I have on the program with me uh, my pastor, who is uh, also my sister, but she's the senior pastor of the church that I attend. If you've been watching the program, we've been sharing for the last four weeks a series from Ezra and Nehemiah, and I told you early on that much of the inspiration for what we've been sharing came from a message that she preached on a Sunday morning where she made the statement, Arise, Let Us Build. And I'm going to let her talk a lot here uh, and do most of the talking in this because we've been kind of feeding back and forth on each other's thought processes on this. And I've been posting a lot of stuff on uh, Facebook, and uh, we've been calling it Roadmap to Reformation. I believe what God is doing is much bigger than revival. I believe he is bringing about a a reformation, a restoration if you will, and while you may look at all of the negative things, I think there are some very positive things that God is doing, and what you must understand is what is the Spirit of God doing as He hovers over the face of the waters. God always moves. Chaos is the end of what's not working anymore, but it's the birthplace of change. And when God began to hover over the face of the waters, He speaks light, and light begins to bring forth change. We talked about how Ezra's name means, my helper, and Nehemiah's name means the comforter. And what we must do is focus on what is the work of the Holy Spirit in these chaotic times. If you've missed any of these programs, you can go back to our YouTube channel and watch them at your leisure. They are on YouTube. They're also an iPod iTunes uh, podcast and an RSS feed for your Android device by simply going back to our website. There's a link directly to those. But it's good to have you on. This is Pastor Lisa Unger, Pastor of Word of Deliverance. And with that being open, I'm just going to let you jump in there and talk about some of the things you've been sharing because, you know, what's amazing is that, you know, each gifting sees things differently through a different lens. A pastor sees it through a pastoral viewpoint, yeah. an apostle sees it through an apostolic sure. or a prophet sees it through. But I want you to go ahead yeah. and share some of the things that you've been sharing and don't worry about if I've already covered some of it or not covered it because you say it from a different <laughs> viewpoint. But it's good to have you on. So
1: It's great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting times. You know, uh, we look around we and we can uh, we can focus on what's happening right now. But uh, we started out the year, you know, really very cliche, 2020 vision. You know, it's the year yeah. of, of focus. And so we started out preaching on focus. And little did we know how much we were going to have to really, you uh, uh, train our minds to just keep yep. focused on what God is doing in the midst of this, and and I and seriously, I believe God is up to something big yep. in the midst of all of this. And it and, and it has shifted some things, and it's caused us to rethink some things. And it's, um, you know, a lot of things are going to shift, and a lot of things are going to change. But I think it's all good. Yeah. And God's in the midst of it, and uh, so we started out. You know, as you were saying, we came back kind of Pentecost Sunday in that arena, um, and so we ministered on um, the power, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter, the transformation of Peter. He stands up on the day of Pentecost and said, Men and brethren, this is that that was prophesied about the prophet Joel. I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. You know, and John told His disciples, um, or Jesus told the disciples, you know, right after the Lord's Supper, you know, that uh, what was about to take place. And He said, I will not leave you comfortless. In John chapter 14, but I will send the Comforter to you. And so we know that being the power of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, in, in transitioning out of Pentecost Sunday and, you know, just seeing a lot of things unfold even in our country and, and, and the shift and all of the different things. And, of course, if you watch media, you've got to watch it day by day. If that's going to be your voice of truth, you better watch it day by day because truth is changing every day. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, things begin to shift in our country in a lot of different ways, things we didn't necessarily see coming. And, um, and so, you know, and, and in all of that, you know, I began to pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to say in this? What is my voice in this as a pastor, you know, as a leader in a community? What is my voice in this and what do you want to say? And, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, out of the book of Nehemiah, arise and build because you will never uh you never it's not about what you tear down that's going to accomplish anything. It's about what you build up. Absolutely. And so the Lord began to take me to the book of Nehemiah when he had come into the company of the king, but he realized that some things that he held sacred to him, some things that were precious to him was in ruins. Yeah. And he began to survey the city and wall what they considered to be sacred and godly and the things that were important to him. And so even in the, the, uh, the company of the king, his countenance was down. And the king says, Nehemiah, what's up? bud you know you you're something's on your mind and he said and he began to petition the king and number one thing i think we do in the midst of where we are is it is time to petition the king and find out what the king says yeah. because the king has resources in place to do what the job needs to be done and as he began to share his vision and his dream about the city of Jerusalem being restored the king says what do you need you need beams you need cedars you need You tell me what you need, and he said, I got letters from the king, and the king sent me on a mission to begin to rebuild the city, to rebuild a country, to rebuild a community, Well, however you want to say that, you know, and he sent him on a mission to rebuild, and uh, when Nehemiah got to the city and he began to survey the things that were there, there were some things that had been broken down. That had to be restored. So there were some things in that city that they repaired and some things that were new. And I think what we're gonna see in this in this time of reformation, in the roadmap to reformation, and what you're talking about, there's some things that I think that have been lost along the way that were precious that we gotta go back and revisit. Yeah. And then I think there's some things that God has allowed to be torn down and to be dismantled so that He can build something new. Yeah. And so he begins to speak to Nehemiah and when Nehemiah begins to survey the city, um, he begins to look at the things that need to be repaired and he got people on board with him. Mm -hmm. And he began to bring the people on board with him and as he began to survey the city, um, as I said, the king sent beams and he sent pillars and he sent some structural things that needed to be put in place. And I believe, you know, uh, we come from a whole lot of backgrounds. We come from Pentecostal background and, and Word of Faith and Kingdom and all of those kind of things and all of those have been a part of who we are and who we've been, you know, built to be. And so there's some foundational things, Lynn, that I cannot, yeah. that I cannot depart yeah. from. And I think that there's been some things that's been under attack by Ballot and Tobiah and the enemy that have been sacred things to me that I, I can't let go of. Yeah there's some things I got to still I got to read but I still believe in being born again. Yep. I believe in that uh, encounter with Jesus to change a life yep. and how precious that is. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. I believe in being spirit filled. I believe in um, I believe in giving. I believe in the tither, I believe the gathering of saints, I believe in the structure of the house of God, I believe in the assembling of the saints in church. There's some things that are foundational things for me that I think that we can't, uh, that we can't get away from. And one of the things that Nehemiah did was go in and restore the old gate. And the Old Gate was the meeting of the place of the elders, where the elders would come and talk about business, and they would make decisions concerning the people. And there was there was a gathering of the, um, the leaders of the city, and they would make those decisions. But it was called the Old Gate. And when I think about the Old Gate, I think about foundational things. Yeah. Those things that were, um, they're oldies but goodies. They're yeah. still things that are important to us, you know. And I think there's some restoring. And I think there's some restoring of some things that are the old gate principles yeah. that we sometimes have some people in, in, um, in our challenge to religion, that has controlled people because we know there's a difference between religion and relationship. Right. There are some things that have been religional things that have been dismantled, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. But sometimes in those dismantling, um, we I hear people talking about you know uh, disenfranchising with the with the local church and things like that. And to me, you know, uh, the Bride of Christ, the local church, the assembling together is something precious to me that I think needs to be restored in this day.
0: Absolutely. Let me just jump in for just a moment and give it back to you. But that's one of the things that I've been saying from Ezra was that Ezra restored the synagogue. was really one of the ones that began to initiate synagogue and initiate the reading of the Word and restart worship because they had lost their national identity because they'd been carried away captive. And while Ezra built the temple, Nehemiah was more about building the city and the wall. But he began to reteach the word because the people had lost their national identity. And I think you're exactly right. I think we have deconstructed until we've left everything in heaps of ruin. But there's some things that are valuable. You know, I said recently, one of the things you can do, if nothing else, if you want to change the world, you're looking for something grand and, 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 and glorious and like a magic wand, but you can change it by praying with your kids before they go to school Absolutely. in the morning by, uh, you know, uh, sharing the Word of God with them. Get out of bed on Sunday morning, take them to church. And he restored the synagogues and the teaching centers right. because it came, brought them back to seeing, wait, there's some things that we've left
1: mm-hmm.
0: that are valuable because that's been the centerpiece of our family.
1: Absolutely. It's like
0: you, you, your message, I'm going to give it back to you here, but your message right. about find your family on the wall and get your family and build something redemptive, you right. know? And so that, that, that to me are powerful thoughts arise, let us build. Let's rebuild our relationships. Let's rebuild our faith. Let's, let's let the Holy Spirit build us up on the most holy faith. Let's rebuild the things that are valuable. And you know, I'm like you. I, I you know, a man with an experience is never to mercy of a man with an argument. I'm not going to discredit the things that brought me to this place, and I believe that that's one thing that I believe needs to be restored back again to the house of God. So
1: absolutely, you know, and the rise and build is not just something that we do in the natural, and I and I believe God is speaking to that in the natural, and there's going to be some natural building. But if you want to build up something, you you build up people in the most holy faith. Yeah. You know. Um, The the scripture, when we talk about gates, the scripture says, lift up your head, O ye gates. A gate doesn't have a head. He's obviously talking to us. And be ye lifted up ye everlasting doors for the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? And if ever there's a day who who we need to know is king, who is this King of yes. Glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty in battle. Yeah. That's still the God that I serve today. Yeah. You know, that's still the government still upon His shoulders, and that's you know that's where our focus is. But you know what you were saying? You know the the comforter, the por- purpose of the comforter is to build. Yeah, it is to lead. It is to guide. It is the navigator. You know, and he and he said uh, that you know find your family on the wall because what he did was start assembling people by families and he took great pains to list the name of and the name of this family was on the wall and the name of this family was on the wall and he took great pains to list the names of the families and families stood together and if ever there's been uh... you know one of the things that we need to restore and rebuild it's the family unit And because our, our culture has become so chaotic and, and with work and sports and things like that, you know, things can be some, come so chaotic. And, yep. you know, you and I were sharing before, it is a great day to be able to have the camera even in your sanctuary yeah, to be able to live stream the word and the gospel, and that before we ever walk out the door, we've done reached hundreds of people that we wouldn't have yeah. been able to reach otherwise. But we also, in focus, in in doing that, we have to realize too that um, when you're sitting there in your PJs and drinking your coffee and watching TV, are your kids connected? You know, is your family connecting? Yeah. Are you are you connecting with people? Are you being poured out? Are you are you being poured into? No. Like, I think it's great that we can do that, but I don't think that's the substitute for the no, gathering. No, it's not. And I think there's something that happens when we come together in the anointing of the fellowship. Like, we don't come to church to find Jesus. We all bring that together. And when that corporate anointing flows in the house, there's no substitute for that. No. And God begins to speak to one, and there's a word of knowledge, and there's a gift of healing, and the laying on of hands, and worship, and all of those things come together. We need to be Build up our kids. Yeah. We need to, if you want to build up, it's not...
0: I am excited to announce the release of my newest book titled, The Great I Am. In this book we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. Every time he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought that the bread that fell in the wilderness was the true bread. But Jesus says to them, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead, but I am the true bread. They thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. As you read the pages of this book, you will truly discover the faith that replaces fear and that believing you will have life through his name. You will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. You will rediscover that He is the Great I Am. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.
1: Stones and mortar. You got to build honor. You got to build integrity. You got to build faith. Yeah. You got to build. You know, we knew, You knew growing up that. If we got a cold or we got sick or we got a virus, we didn't go to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my dad came in and laid hands on you and, and, uh, you know, the anointing would hit him and he'd pray over you and you knew when dad prayed for you, he was going to be okay, yeah. you know, or mom or whatever, because we were taught faith. Yeah, That was the first line of defense. It wasn't the last line yeah. of defense, you know. We were taught to pray in the Holy Ghost and we were taught, you know, uh, devotions and things like that. And so there's some things that I think as families, if we want to build our nation, you start by building the family unit. Yeah. Because you've shared it so many times, change doesn't come from the White House, it comes from our house. And when the unit of God stands up and we begin to build them up in the most holy faith, placing families on the wall, some built, some stood with the sword, some stood guard, they all had a place on the wall, but they worked together as families. Yeah,
0: You know, one of the things I think has happened during this pandemic that is a good thing is all of a sudden we were shut in. All the sports ceased. All of the activities ceased. All, a lot of stuff stopped. And I, I've said this and try not to be legalistic about it, but it really has been a concern. I think of m- myself as well as pastors everywhere. But we've taught our kids how to play, but we've not taught them how to pray. Mm-hmm. And while I believe sports is important, and I'm not taking anything from sports sure. or play, sure. I mean, we, but but there has to come a balance. It got to be such a priority that it was it became you know it became seek first. The ball game instead of the kingdom of god and his righteousness because when we were growing up it wasn't no such thing If you, you 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 know you didn't practice and play on sunday you you came to church sunday morning uh same way with wednesday night and now it, you know they're playing sunday morning instead of church and and you know i i, I just believe at some point you got to put your foot down and say you know as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord so if you want my child to play don't have the game on sunday morning i mean at least I'm not saying that we need to be in church every day. That's not just about going to church. Mm -hmm. But I think what happened, even during this time when we've been shut in, is people started to re-communicate. They weren't going out to eat. They weren't, you know, I'm in a hurry. You take the kids to soccer. I'm going to do this and get that. And then it's run, 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 run until this rat race begins to consume us. And then, you know, husbands and wives don't even know each other. But we all of a sudden are sitting at the dinner table again. We're at home. And we're, we, we're, you know, and I suggest you lay your cell phone down at mm-hmm. the supper table. Absolutely. And you begin to have conversation. You begin even to talk to your neighbors. And God begins to build some back in families. Mm-hmm. Because we learn, I learned how to preach and prophesy in home devotions. Yeah, Right. And you know, I think even as I talked about the restoration of Ezra bringing back the teaching centers is that, you know, people, the, the, the understanding level of people in the local church sometimes is really sometimes surprising. I remember you making a statement about somebody asking you one time, you know, they thought the ark of Moses, that they carried the ark through the wilderness, they thought the ark was Noah's ark. And somebody said to you, how did they carry that boat all the way through the desert? i got to tell you, that's shocking that people would think that ark was the ark of Noah. It was a completely different ark, but that's the understanding level that we're dealing with. And we got to get back, I believe, to the word and the balance of family and home. For in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that's one of the areas I think you can change the world from your living room. You sure can. You know, Absolutely.
1: So. And you know, um, and it doesn't lock us in to saying, well, that means we got to raise all of our kids to be pastors or they yeah, got to all be right. worship. If you ain't going to be a pastor, then that means you got to be a worship leader or a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. And, you know, we sometimes have locked people into well, that's what the call of God must mean. But the call of God might mean you might be called into medicine. Yeah. You might be called into science. You might be called into the classroom. You might be called into finance and business. I mean, there is anointings on people.
0: Yes, there is. You know,
1: um, there are anointings on people to teach. Yeah. You know, I work with teachers all day. There's some people who got an education to teach, and there's some people who are called to teach. Yeah. And there's a difference. I mean, you know, God calls our families, but in when the source. Uh, and the the baseline of what we do is founded in Christ, that foundational truth, that foundational understanding. Seek
0: first the kingdom, His righteousness.
1: Then I realize I've been called to the nations, but my calling might be in finance. and And so we are equipping and we are building families together to understand you are anointed and appointed. You are called and purposed. You're the head and not the tail. You know, you are a leader and not a follower. Um, you know, and so we begin to encourage them to stand up and say, "Hey, maybe I got potential. Maybe I got calling and purpose, and this uh, desire that God's that that's in me is a God given dream and it's a God given vision." And so, you know, one of the things that I think it has made us successful in our local church and in just in our family and ministry and, and, um uh, together is that we have been a family that has stood on the wall together and we have built together. Like yeah. physically, we have built together, yeah. you know. Um, but we have built in ministry together and it hasn't been a competition in whose ministry is what, but we've been assembled on the wall. But one of the things says, Well, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you rally together. Like we each have our place on the wall. And when we can find yeah. comfort in that, Yep. and find uh, peace in knowing this is what I'm called to do yep. you know uh, one of our greatest ministries Lynn, probably at our church then uh, there's a lot of great ministries one of our greatest ministries is probably our kitchen ministry yeah they we have had more counseling and probably as many people saved and life changed from people coming through our kitchen and our staff and those being available to just sit and talk or serve a cup of coffee or give food you know and we that that they may have never been yeah. you know my sister and and, and my sisters and, and just all of our different folks they my may wife, not yeah. have been your wife have not been behind the pulpit yeah. per se but i'm telling you they're changing nations they are changing lives and changing people from the dish sink and with a spatula yeah you know, and so when we say we, when we rally together and, and find your family on the wall, I believe that it's a time where God, uh, one of the, that is is calling family units together to serve together in ministry and things like that. And sometimes we've seen a turnoff, you know, we we talk a lot about preacher's kids and we see a turnoff because we've, you know, uh, they've seen, we've drugged them through a lot of stuff, you know, and they've seen a lot of stuff. And sometimes that may skew their view of God. But if we instill a desire in them in relationship for God, and realize that they're made, just because Mama's a preacher doesn't mean they got to be a preacher. Right. But we realize they got a God-given talent and calling, and they find their place. Then there's a peace in knowing that that's what God's called you to, and you can serve in that. Arena.
0: Yeah. You know, I was saying when I was in Tulsa this weekend preaching that, I, you know, we're not building Babylonian brick factories. In other words, you take the bricks and you take the red clay of Adam's fallenness and try to build Babylon. But you just right. stretch a line to lay bricks. Right. You know, anybody can lay bricks. But I mean, not maybe not anybody, but it's a whole lot easier to lay bricks because they're all the same. It's cut they're and paste uniform. uniform. Yep. But it takes a wise master builder lay stone. Absolutely. Because you've got to say, where does this thing fit? Absolutely. And I really think that's one of the things that's happening during even these times. We're finding, we, you know, we're being good, just like you said, to see, listen, everybody's not called to ministry. And, and, and all of this thing is, you know, of course, we're getting not enough time to really address this in this program, but we're going to do some more. But during the Feast of Tabernacles, they took it to the streets. Absolutely. And that's Ezra began to restore during that period of time and even this series has helped me kind of understand my role even more i see myself more like an ezra mm-hmm. because i'm more like a you know in the word the, the temple and the synagogues and the restoration because he restored the synagogue which was type kind of a picture of the local church and the mm-hmm. teaching centers and the you know everybody's got a different function and when the best thing you could do is find out I'm not the whole ball of wax. I need a lot of help. I mean, that's like you said with the different ones. My wife is probably the nuts and bolts of our ministry, although she's not the one that's in the forefront. But those parts and pieces up on the wall are important, and you've got to be able to find out where do they fit and and see you know and release them to do what they're called to do. We got a little bit more time before I have to take it back. So you can jump back in there again.
1: you know, absolutely. And I and what I want to say too, if there's pastors or or leaders out there and and their family is not functioning in that way, and your desire is for that, I really believe there's a there's a scripture, a chapter in Ezra when he when he starts saying in the family of so and so was coming out and the family of so and so and God was beginning to restore the families and he called them by name. And I believe that even there's a calling, you know, and, and my prayer for is is pastors and those that that God will begin to join the hearts of the people together and begin to stand in ministry together. So if you're out there today and and you've desired for your kids to stand up with you in ministry and things like that, then I would just pray and decree that God is going to begin to cause a, a unity and a blending and a and a coming together of hearts that, you know, we can stand together um, in that opportunity in and in, in that uh, arena, and that God will begin to restore some of those things. Um, and so I'm thankful, you know, even as you were saying that Ezra was more of the scribe, He knew the letter of the law. He knew what the scriptures had said. He knew the prophecies, and he began to read those things. And and God has given you a gift, even the the newest book that's just come out, The Mm -hmm. Great I Am. There has to be scribes who begin to put down on paper the things that God is saying in this hour that are giving life to people, giving them their life back, that are taking away the fear that the sky is falling and gloom and doom message, and that God's mad at everybody, but it's begin to say it's a word of life, it's a season to build. It's not a season to pack up. It's a season to unpack. It's a season to build and to restore and set in place some things that are foundationally strong. And I believe he's causing some Ezra's to speak the word and to write some things. And he's causing some Nehemiah's to say, I got that. I'm going to start building. I'm going to start putting to action what I'm hearing and what's being declared in this day.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the pieces of the puzzle that are beginning to come together. And as we work together, like you said, you know, I believe it was Ezra chapter 3 said, and the people came together as one man. Yeah. And they began to come together, and everybody started to function. The kingdom is not built with one stone. Like I said, you know, in other words, everybody's got this thing where, like you said, they went through a season where people left the local church. And and I get it. I mean, I understand they're disenfranchised by a religious system that didn't have any answers. And so a whole lot of stuff has to be brought into reformation. But I think what's happened, at least through some of our live feeds, is that people have watched it would not necessarily darken the church door and they're like, My, the message has changed. Mm-hmm. This is not the same old push you away, you're rejected, you're 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 not, you know, worthy of anything type of a message. This is a whole different message that says, listen, you're accepted in the beloved, you're included, and you need to find your place on that wall. And that's really the you know the new book I wrote is the whole point is that uh, he said that you would that uh, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you would have life through His name. Right. The local church and the kingdom of God should not be designed to take you life. It should be designed to give you back your life. Our mistake is we we we've, we've taught people how to get ready to evacuate rather than how to occupy. Right. In other words, we, 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 we've taken all of their dreams and made it all about when you get to heaven rather than God wants to do something in the earth. We're just about to run out of time here today, so I want you to join back in if you're watching us live. We're going to probably come back again and do a few things here. But uh, if you've enjoyed the program and you'd like to sew into it, there will be a number on the screen, or you can go to our website. But the easiest way to do is go to the website. There's a place there where you can give via PayPal or credit card or debit card. You can call the number on the screen. Someone will take your call, or you can send a check or money order to the address that will come up. We do need your help. It's what keeps us on the air. God bless you, and thank you for joining us again this week. God bless you. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant.